nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 805, March 8, 2022. 70 degrees was the record high on this day, and that was in 2016. And it was eight below uh, in 1877. And on this day, yeah. In 1999, we had 12 and a half inches of snow. Hmm. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight, King. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Before I talk us all off the ledge, which I think I can do, It'd be a sharp left turn for the I, last I want couple to, of uh, shows. Uh, I, I thank uh, I thank Kelsey for digging this up. This is a piece from uh, August of 2019 from the Federalist. Yesterday we mentioned a woman named T. McClenty. Yes, she's the new climate activist director. Climate Justice, I'm sorry. Climate Justice Director for Thank you. 350.org. And it was a Sunday piece in the Star Tribune. It was written flowery and uh, uh, in praise of this well-traveled 54-year-old woman who has had uh, experiences in emergency rooms and this and that and has come to the conclusion that uh, climate justice uh, basically affects every aspect of life. And again, it was, uh, it was a very much of a soft uh, peddled piece. And we read it because we were uh, terribly amused at the idea that uh, white people apparently don't get asthma. Uh, only black people can get asthma. Right. And, and so he came up with this piece from The Federalist. It's 18 pages long. And you're going to read every one of them not, on the show. Not, not, not entirely, no. <laughs> and the headline is, The well-funded environmental extremists of the Sunrise Movement are gaining within the left. And photos recently popped up on Twitter of young activists supergluing themselves across passageways within the U.S. Capitol in the hopes of prompting Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and other House Democrats to declare a climate emergency. This was in 2019. These fresh-faced, khaki-wearing rapscallions belong to a group called Extinction Rebellion, or XR, one of several organizations, the Momentum Community and its parent, the Boston-based Anye Institute, incubated. Founded in the United Kingdom, Extinction Rebellion now has more than 50 chapters across the United States and hundreds more around the world. Like Extinction Rebellion, the Sunrise Movement is dedicated to advancing climate change legislation worldwide, including declaring climate emergencies. Mm. In fact, its use of terms such as climate emergency, climate justice, and similar inventions have been underway since at least the mid-2000s. It has shifted the discussion on climate policy from practical environmental policy to a moral imperative by linking it to issues such as equality of the sexes, migration, and racial divisions. 
pay attention, here comes 350.org. The theatrics of the uh, Extinction Rebellion and Sunrise activists are just that, rehearsed, premeditated, and anything but spontaneous. Climate change guru Bill McKibben of the older group, 350.org, and his colleague Margaret Klein Salomon, author of a manifesto called Leading the Public into Emergency Mode, already wrote the script for this play. In her polemic, Salomon agrees to reframe, attempts to reframe the discussion entirely. Climate justice is no longer just a moral clause, but an Armageddon-like struggle for survival against survival. Like wasteful civilians during World War II, the greedy carbon-emitting industries are contributing to the enemy threat of extinction. And I'll go on. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Salomon promotes this uh, analogy in the manifesto, and now Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, echo- is echoing it. Salomon's document opens with the following rhetorical question. Imagine there is a fire in your house. What do you do? What do you think about? 15-year-old climate change activist Greta Thunberg uh, uses the same analogy in many of her open remarks. And uh, so it's 18 pages long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But uh, 350.org is not the sweet, simple, innocent-sounding neighborhood uh, activist group trying to prevent young kids from getting asthma. It's part of a larger world network of, of this insidious uh, effort to remake the free societies into something that they're not. And we're all shocked by that development. Well, I, I, I was pleased to learn about this. This is amazing. So this uh, McClenty, T. McClenty, is just echoing what she's told to say by the people who fund her. And fortunately, people are blindly following along. Yeah. Because they think it's for something good. Well, they're virtue signaling. You got to dig, dig deep on everything, don't you? Well, yeah. it just, it's because, because of that, that's why none of us have faith, and regardless of what administration's in place, because there's such layers of, of crap to sift through. Mm-hmm. We're all being taken to the cleaners. Mm-hmm. Let's walk ourselves back off the ledge, huh? John, your thoughts we have, on yesterday's show. <laughs> well, I just, I just, you know, went down the rabbit hole today. We have a lot of oil. Uh, the United States produces oil. We're producing oil. It's, it's happening. And, uh, in fact, we produce about 40% of what we need. And we could do more than that if uh, uh, refineries ramp up. And uh, here's a piece from something called Climate Wire. Just how much oil can the U.S. pump? And it's dated today. It's a March... I'm sorry, it's dated yesterday, March 7th, 2022. Last week, the price of oil surged to 115 bucks a barrel. Uh, an unexpected thing happened. The number of rigs drilling for oil in America decreased. Baker Hughes Company, the oil service company, reported Friday that nationwide rig count fell by uh, 3 to 519 rigs operating the week of March 4. The decrease comes as a growing share of the world spurs Russian barrels in the wake of the country's invasion of Ukraine. It also underscores an increasingly pressing question. Just how much more oil can the U.S. pump? We've stopped. uh, uh, Biden announced today we're done with Russian oil. In Washington, a chorus of Republican and industry voices are calling on the Biden administration to produce production by expediting permits, waiving leasing restrictions, and permitting the Keystone XL pipeline. Even Elon Musk CEO of electric car maker Tesla says the United States should increase oil production. Extraordinary times demand extraordinary measures, Musk said. 
But many analysts say it would take time for the U.S. oil output to rise. American oil companies are emerging from a series of lean years. The profligate spending of the early shale boom chastened Wall Street with lenders prioritizing capital discipline over expensive new drilling programs. Economic shutdowns associated with the COVID-19 pandemic prompted many companies to slash their capital budgets in 2020. And efforts to stand up uh, rigs again have been hampered by a tight labor market and supply chain crunch. Uh, and again, it's a long piece that I won't read entirely, but what it, it comforts me. We have plenty of oil. We have to go get it. Because I was reading this morning, the North Dakota governor, he was on an interview recently, Doug, is it Bruman, Brugman? Burgum. Burgum. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Saying, why isn't the president coming here? Why is he going to Saudi Arabia to, mm-hmm. to discuss this? Mm-hmm. Well, wh- wh- why? why I haven't he? figured that out yet, why he's uh, going to seek, uh, he's going to court Iran, Venezuela, and Saudi Arabia for oil. Some of the worst countries on our planet. Why don't we do everything we can here to expedite permits, increase the leases, and have Americans be getting paychecks? And his point, Why should the money go to these dictators? And basically the North Dakota governor's point was, we produce it, we are the most environmentally friendly producers of oil in this country. Why would we want to go to Venezuela and Iran to get our oil? And why is, why is oil production in North Dakota about... What, half of what it was five years ago? Well, that's an easy answer, and we've already discussed it. Pandemic? Yeah, and I can, I can answer part of that, Well, too answer also. it for me. I did some research. I heard the show yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the, apparently, the good reserves are mm-hmm. pretty much taken already in North Dakota. Okay. There's still plenty of oil down there, but to get to it, you'd end up doing a lot of fracking, yeah. having to go through a bunch of rock, that sort of thing. So the oil companies are saying, no, it costs too much. Okay. We're, we're not going to okay. put our money into mm-hmm. that. Why bother? Where does America get are they, oil? Are they saying that today, John, or were they saying that they, No, they were before. saying it when I read this story, which was, uh, I think the story, if I remember right, was four four to six months old, probably. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and things could change out there. I know there's oh, certainly. Yeah, a couple certainly. of big um, companies out there that uh, declared Chapter 2 due to the pandemic have now merged together. So there's some mm-hmm. consolidation going on, um, and, and hopefully they're going to ramp it back up here. Yeah, and believe me, the folks in North Dakota would like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and, and it's not like throwing a switch and let's get busy. You have to right. rehire. You have to draw all these people in. You have to get mm-hmm. this equipment ready to go again. In some cases, acquire equipment. Yeah, yep. it, it's not a quick process. Well, we have oil. We do. We have oil. We have plenty of oil. Here's the problem. It's an industry that is working against the political tide of those wishing us not to use oil. So the temptation is to say, well, the administration is preventing us from getting oil. That isn't necessarily the fact. But oil industry is constantly at odds with the prevailing ideology in the Western world to only use renewables which are decades and decades and decades away from being functional. Uh, I went and read some of Jen Psaki's remarks. Oh, was she blaming meat conglomerates? No, but she was saying the only way to have energy security is renewables. Well, we could have energy security just in this country by by drilling more. And to drill more, you'd have to butt heads 
with that green ideology that suggests that uh, fossil fuels are, are uh, melting the earth. Hmm. And, and this 15-year-old Greta Thunberg has more purchase on this than I ever imagined. Hmm. Yes. Uh, thank you to Jordy. Yes. I have the latest word salad from the vice president. Uh, do you have it uh, in audio, I hope? No, I was going to read it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, I get Yes, it. yes, I have a video All right, clip. Here we go. Would you like to hear that? Uh, yeah, I really would. Here we go. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves oh. and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Imagine. Wow. Imagine. I'm imagining. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. What is this? Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. I'm imagining you don't exist. <laughs> That's a John Lennon song. Imagine. Yeah. What, what function was this? Uh, it was, uh, where was this? This was yesterday. Uh, at the sa- Well, it was the same conference where we got the Pete Buttigieg audio. Because oh. the same ba- screen was in the backdrop. All right. Well, just Joe. Joe I am a man. Imagine. I am. I don't think the Earth gives a bleep if the bus uh, is zero emissions. Mm-hmm. You know. By the way, you did see the story about the post office and all the vehicles they ordered. Well, you, they're going gas, right? Yeah, every going, one of they're them. Going gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're no dummies. Not every one of them. Most I thought it, of them. Oh, okay. I thought it was all Most of, them. of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen to this. Here we go. And this is uh, where Buttigieg and uh, Harris spoke. Uh, U.S. announces new emission standards for trucks and buses. That's that's what she was referring to. Mm -hmm. The United States on Monday announced tougher emission standards on trucks and buses starting from 2027 and said it would spend $1.4 billion on expanding green public transit. The proposed new standards for gasoline and diesel heavy vehicles would place stricter limits on nitrogen oxides that cause smog and soot and set new greenhouse gas standards from 2030. 72 million people are estimated to live near truck freight routes in America, and they're more likely people of color. Here we go with the climate justice again. This is according to Environmental Protection Agency Director Michael Regan, told reporters at an event for the announcement. Uh, Did the EPA do this, or did Congress? Oh, that's a good question. Because the EPA, those aren't elected people. I believe it was EPA. Uh, they, the story, can the though. can the uh, I think it was Jordy who wondered can can the EPA make laws? Well, no, they wouldn't be able to. Well, no, no, but they set standards that are quickly adopted. The new limits will apply to new vehicles made in 2027 onwards and include school buses, transit buses, commercial delivery trucks, and short haul tractors. The EPA estimated it will per, uh, prevent 2,300 deaths. I, I need a we don't know oh, that. Oh, you definitely need one of those. Uh, we don't know that. And 18,000 of childhood onset asthma by the uh, year 2020. We don't know that. But that would only be in black people because white people right, can't. Right, no, white people can't get asthma. Don't get asthma. Hold on, let me use my inhaler quick. Yeah. Vice President Kamala Harris, meanwhile, announced nearly $1.4 billion to help state and local governments purchase U.S.-built electric transit buses. No, the batteries are going to ruin the earth more than the uh, internal combustion engine. 
and this was allocated in a bipartisan infrastructure law. Here it is right here. Imagine a future. Could you play it again? Oh, I'd love Imagine nothing a future. more. We to, oh. Yeah, we have to. Imagine a future. Oh, I'm so tired. The freight trucks yes. that deliver bread and milk oh. to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine all strike. the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Mm -hmm. Imagine. I can't. That they produced zero emissions. Oh, look at the glee on her face. She is. Well, you all imagined it. Yeah. That's I why did. we're here today. That's right. Because we have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. She's a female Fred Rogers. <laughs> she might as well be hosting Romper Room. Yeah, female Fred Rogers in her inflections and in her, con not that Fred Rogers was condescending. He was a good dude. But she pulls this off in a condescending way. And there was a follow-up to that. And this is in written form. I will I will tell you, this is also from Jordi, because uh, uh, President Biden uh, sent Harris to Poland and Romania amid the global crisis. I can't wait to get that audio. Poland and Romania are in Europe. That's right. Well, Russia is also a country in That's Europe. That's right. Russia is bigger than Poland and, or yeah, Romania. Say it, is. it would be wrong for Russia to attack Poland and Romania. Right. Yeah. I can't wait to get the audio from this deranged vice president <laughs> in Europe. God, she's miserable. Just miserable. But she's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, she really is. Just the gift that keeps on giving. You guys seem gleeful about this. About what? This should be frightening to you. Well, I, well, I, I guess lost I'm... track of my th thought process. Yes. If the EPA is writing these laws, what happened to the way our government works? Yeah, you were going to draw us back from the ledge, but everything you've done so far has just made me more. Make you want to jump just intense, It's intensified my rage. Okay, gotta, i got to read you Scott from Invergrove's email then, because uh, I, I guess I'm not doing a very good job of walking us off the ledge, except to say... We should be comforted by the idea that we have a lot of oil. We, we got just some have, oil. We just have to elect people who don't mind using it. That's all. We have to elect adults yeah. that are willing to use our resources until this new BS plan is, you know, ready to go. I'm uh, not going to move out of my house into a tent. No. You know, that's what we're doing here. We're we're substituting comfort for bleeping stupidity. Right. Well, this ought to wrap it up for us. Uh, Scott from Invergrove. Oh, boy. Never afraid and always pushing back. Kenny's dire prediction about an electromagnetic pulse attack to be followed by a nuclear missile attack brought back memories of my youth and the fear and dread I carried about the then-Soviet Union launching an unprovoked attack on the United States. At the time, it worried me so much that I actually penned a paper in high school English class on the subject. All this talk about how to survive a nuclear attack needs to be prefaced with some GL common sense. Yes, MAD, or Mutually Assured Destruction, has been lessened in theory by the reduction of nuclear missile stockpiles by both Russia and the U.S. No matter, I'm guessing 80 to 90 percent of the Russian nuclear warheads carry U.S. mailing addresses, with most aimed at our largest cities and military bases. To give an idea of the wrath of detonating just one 300-kiloton warhead on a single major American city, here are some facts. If the warhead exploded in the center of the city, the fireball would encompass a three-quarter mile radius, meaning anyone within this zone would immediately be vaporized by the 6,000-degree heat. 
The radiation dead zone would cover a radius of five and a half miles from ground zero, as people in this zone would absorb enough radiation to kill them within hours or days, and that is if they managed to survive the initial shock wave. The shock wave would cover a radius of 11 and a half miles, flattening most buildings in its path. We've always seen these movies. You know, the cows and goats mm-hmm. flying around yep. and barns going over. <laughs> The, uh, the heat wave would cover a radius of 48.5 miles, meaning people in this zone would receive third-degree burns in wood, clothing, paper, and plastic would catch fire. And finally, the nuclear fallout from the mushroom cloud created by the 784-mile-per-hour epicenter wind whips up radioactive debris and dust that causes slow sickness and death. While the fallout in the air subsides within three to five weeks, the radiation on the ground can last for years. Long story short, if the Twin Cities was going to be hit with a nuclear attack, everyone from here to Rochester would meet their eventual demise. So in my opinion, it is better to break glass and smoke luckies over thinking one could find a way to survive beyond a few months. A bug-out bag is only going to buy you a little time and make the inevitable that much more painful. I encourage everyone to demand that our government use highly restrained common sense in dealing with Mr. Putin's outlandish acts, noting that the president has just 12 minutes to act in response should an all-out nuclear attack ensue upon this great land. Given what I have seen to date, 12 minutes isn't even enough time to get the commander-in-chief out of his chair, let alone make that kind of monumental decision. Scott from Grove. Putin and Putin alone does not have access to the big red button. That's got to be pressed by somebody else, and we would assume that somebody else has a brain in their head. And people inside the Kremlin, uh, I read today, are calling this a cluster bleep. They're, right. uh, yes. they're very disappointed. That well, wasn't that basically the same sense that you got from the article Kenny sent us? Yes. Yeah, yeah and more and more of that is coming out now. Yeah. Well, but, you know, we're, they're we're really, finding they're lousy at their job. Well, but they're we're finding out that none of them even knew that this is what the intention was. Right, right. Which brings into play Putin's insanity. Is that what it is? Or well, why, was there? Well, an, why would why would someone with any degree of rationality not tell his top generals what he intended to do? And. Uh, it sounds like his top general um, didn't put the right plan together, and now he's going to be taking a lot of heat. Well, a couple of them are dead already in Ukraine, generals. I mean insiders. Oh, sitting, God, yes. Sitting at the table with them. He'll learn how to mine salt. Did you guys, um, <laughs> did you guys happen to see the video of the overweight Russian pilot no. that was taken out over the weekend? No. Wow. He was shot down, and then he—I don't know—somehow he survived the the, the land or the crash landing, and um, yeah, it was. It's hard to sort out the stories. It's hard to sort out the facts. Uh, there appear to be Russian soldiers who are apologetic for this. Yes, yeah. they're distraught. Then there are other Russian soldiers who shoot Russian soldiers for not firing on civilians. There are drunk, bored Russian soldiers, reportedly, who shot a 10-year-old girl to death. Then there are other Russian soldiers who are weeping and surrendering. We never wanted to be here. Please call my mother for me. So you've got to wade through all that to decide. Uh, Apparently, in a group that large, you'll you'll find some people have retained their souls. And you'll find others who are just animals. Mm -hmm. So, Which I think you could say that for... Almost any military. I guess. I, I guess. Uh, you hope for compassion. You hope for understanding. But you're going to get some 
wildcatters. Uh, but those stories are out there that the uh, top people are shaking their heads in private saying, what did this moron do? This isn't working out. Yeah. And why hasn't the 40-mile convoy moved? What are they hiding? Well, they keep taking out the front ones, apparently, from what I read. That down to about a 30-mile convoy? Yeah, they'll blow up the front tank so nobody can move. Good. <laughs> and then they have to move that tank, and the same really thing happens all over again. Relying heavily on missiles, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we we are helping to provide them with those missiles. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Have I walked everybody off? The I edge? was just going to no. say I don't huh? really feel no. much better well, than I, I did yesterday. I feel pretty good. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. Sure. Um, it's Twelve below. Whatever. Okay, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you see that? Do you see that nonsense from last night? No, no I don't want you. Do? I don't want no. you. What did he do? Uh, paraphrasing, um, we're all going to have to tighten our belts here, and I personally wouldn't mind uh, uh, making some sacrifices and paying more for gas. I'd, I'd be willing to pay up to $15 a gallon, but, of course, he drives a Tesla, so he won't have to. Oh, not to mention he <laughs> makes, what, about 30 mil a year? Well, a Tesla yeah. is just a car with its exhaust pipe placed elsewhere. That's a really uh, inappropriate <laughs> line, yeah. but I, I holstered it. <laughs> What, what, get your mind out of the gutter I all the time. I can't help it. I'm 12 years old. You know that. Yeah. She's got a pimple on her butt. She's pretty. <laughs> you guys aren't filled with the right amount of rage for me today. I might end up storming out of here. <laughs> I am really PO'd. I think to, what it is, today. Kenny, I'm so depressed about the whole situation, I have to find a way to, to laugh. I don't know. I, it's always been a, a defense mechanism I wanna for me. I want to open up the oil taps. I want to kill that bitch Putin. I want to bomb the Kremlin. Me too. I want to give uh, Poland the best jets we've got. I, I want to move here. I, I am sick of this. And I'm sick of doing this GD show without swearing because I really <laughs> need to swear today. Let's take a break and let him vent. Okay. It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work pro Proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, josharnoldinvestmentconsultant.com. Joe Suchule, the keeper of common sense. Uh, I know what will make me feel better. I need to flick the flipper or twist the throttle. Uh, I always feel better after uh, stretching the cables. And Moon Motorsports can help all of us do that. They've been outfitting Minnesotans with the very best in ATVs, sleds, side-by-sides, and bikes for 50 years strong in Monticello. It's the best time of year if you ride a motorcycle. It's right now when all the new models Start rolling in with all the newest tech features, industry-changing engineering, all the eye-popping designs, 
Uh, they all arrive at the dealership. We finally get to see them and swing a leg over them. Uh, and this is also, for those of us that aren't going to buy, get to, uh, let's pull it out of storage, unbury it, get these babies ready for summer right now. Our, our peeps at Moom, they have the newest models in stock, the service department ready and waiting to complete your spring service. Throw some new rubber on that thing, would you? Uh, Moon carries 10 brands, Honda, Polaris, Yamaha, Can-Am, BMW, Ducati, Triumph, KTM, Husky, Husqvarna, and, of course, Skadoo. Skadoo, not Skidoo, Skadoo, Skadoo. <laughs> and it's because of that deep inventory selection uh, featuring... Nine different manufacturers, Moon can source out some of those hard-to-find machines that you might have been looking for. So instead of calling around the state, call Moon. They can get it done for you. Uh, They're just off 94 in Monticello, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities, and they're on the web, moonmotorsports.com. If you could poll every American adult, so let's just make an arbitrary cutoff age of 21, if you could poll, if you could poll every American adult over the age of 21, uh, and the question was, do you favor continuing to use your own private transportation, uh, specifically an automobile that requires affordable gasoline? Uh, what do you think the answer would be? Well, I, I would, would say 65 percent in favor, or more. Yeah, more maybe even, even yeah. more. Who's buying this green BS? The people I, that don't need cars, I guess. Because I do know a lot of people that don't even own an automobile. I don't know anybody who doesn't own an automobile. I know several. They How do they get around? Trans- public transportation. Are they urban dwellers? For the most part, yes. Yeah. Or, you know, they you know, Uber, whatever, whatever the case might but be. But that, that doesn't work in the outskirts. I no. agree completely, yeah. But imagine. Well, who's buying this BS? It's ruining our country. Battery production alone will do more harm to the earth than gasoline. Who's buying this BS? A lot of people that... We're not all single and 24 years old and live in a a Soviet-style apartment building on University Avenue. Unfortunately, a lot of people that that do buy this are people that might own an automobile but think that this is better for the long-term outlook of our planet. You're, You're talking in rhetorical terms, Joe, because you've been telling us for the last... 90 years that you've been on the air. Yeah, It's oh, yeah. the people that live closest so to the, the country's, country's tallest buildings. Thank you. Yeah. Boy, I'm failing miserably in my job to talk us off the ledge, especially I'm going to have to read this email. This is from the Gumption County Facility Fixer. I apologize for the tardiness of this email, but I have been playing catch-up from last week's episodes. In your Friday, March 4 episode, you commented that there was another level above this as you were telling Kenny that he hadn't gone far enough in his description regarding the fuel issues with small shop trucking companies and operators. If I may, I would like to refine the point you were making. Excuse me, I had a Roycey-like gas attack. Yes, sir. Yes. Premise. What the ruling elite are driving to change is the idea of the individual. What I believe they are hoping to create in in this case, in the case that you do not... What I hope they are hoping to create is the case that you do not have individual rights as we know them to be. It is your group identity or affiliation that is paramount. Example, a normal citizen who is law-abiding and works to provide for their family must mask up and vaccinate before being allowed to live in a proper society, but riot and loot like in Portland, Oregon, you get a free pass because of your politics. 
This translates to business. Small businesses are beholden to a system that is no longer designed to help them. To Kenny's point, I believe that large businesses are more likely uh, to survive, not just because they can weather the storm better, but also because of the system that has been changed to help them over time, over small-time operators and businesses. Mm -hmm. I have learned the hard way over the years that running and repairing facilities that is easier to make things worse than it is to make them better. There is a financial term that I have found that fits this very well, the law of diminishing returns. I am paraphrasing this, but basically the law of diminishing returns states that one, very, one as one variable increase increases, there will be a point at which the marginal per unit output output will start to decrease. Well, what the hell is he talking about? I take this to mean that no matter how, do you, how hard you work to make it right, if it is failing faster than you can fix it, you will inevitably decline. The question then becomes, how long can you recover from it? I think that we are just starting to see this now, and I can only theorize how long it will take to come back from it. Keep pushing back and keep your dauber up. The Gumption County Facility Fixer. I think I know what he meant. Stick your finger in a hole in the dam, a new hole pops open. Mm-hmm. Whack-a-mole. Yep. As we learned yesterday with the now planted among us, 350.org, which is a functionary of the Extinction Rebellion and other dark forces that are bent on the ruination and use of fossil fuels. We had to track down their funding. Find out where it really comes from. Uh, you probably find Soros in there someplace. Uh, yeah, I was doing some research, Joan. This is not going to help our views for the day either. Oh, uh, poll polls about the Green New Deal. Yeah, are highly popular with the U.S. population. Really, by almost a thirty percent margin, with thirty percent more favoring the plan, all the planks of the Green New Deal, as opposed to. Yeah, those who, that do not favor them, including a good part of the Republicans uh, who are asked the question. 36% support among Republicans, hmm. 83% among Democrats. 83%. And that's, that's more than one poll. I've looked at about three different ones. They're all virtually the same. I'd like to see the geography um, where, where these poll take. Yeah. All respondents are, are living. I bet proponents are are heavily along both coasts. Yeah. And people that don't have to drive 20, 30 miles to work mm-hmm. and have three jobs and need to finish one job at 4 p.m. and start the next job at 4.30. You can't sit on a bus for two hours to get to that job. You know, the new thing now is... Hiring part-timers so you don't have to pay benefits. That means a lot of people, even more so than before the pandemic, have two, three part-time jobs. I not only can't walk us off the ledge, I'm now going to completely return to Friday. (laughs) Could it be that the days of you driving 30 minutes to your job are in their crosshairs? 30 minutes? You're you're an hour. Are are you in the crosshairs of a movement that would deprive you of that freedom? If you take away the fuel, you're taking away freedom. It's, it's not very complicated. You True. take away fuel, it's over. 
There is no light rail line going to where you live. But but think of how, how much damage that would do in that world. Because I'm, I'm beginning to think that the people who wish to bring that about don't care. Of it's course gonna, they don't. It's it's going to wipe small town America off the map. Right. Because all the people that now drive to their jobs 20, 30 uh, minutes away are going to end up in the city sucking on the government teeth. Or in their world, is this just going to become the new form of the Zoom generation? Or is this, as Joe alluded to either yesterday or Friday, exactly what the government wants? Don't worry about it. We'll provide for you. You just sign that paycheck over to us. We'll give you an allowance. I can't see, unless there's a turnaround, uh, I can't see great hope coming from this movement. And I think probably what will be happen is that we'll be chipped away at. We are. At, that's already happened. No, but I mean, yeah. before there's no gas and before you're no longer allowed to have a car, you'll probably there'll probably be a meter put in the car, and you'll be taxed per mile driven yeah. per year. Yeah. And yeah. and then the next step after that will be there's certain days of the week that you won't be able to drive yep. the car, yep. and then finally uh, you won't have a car, and you're pretty much then a ward of the state. Yeah, it's six Imagine months. Imagine a future. I can't imagine. I'm imagining a future without you. A couple months from now, we'll all, at least in this state, being be paying you know six dollars or more per price of uh, for a, a gallon of gas. Uh, things in Russia are going to work out, but then that price of gas, instead of dropping down under three dollars, is going to drop down to five dollars. I said five dollar gas is going to be the least of our problems. That's not really that's, and in the short term, if that helps Ukraine, all the better, all the better. Did you guys happen to do any grocery shopping yesterday? Um, no. Such, or, or, are you Joe Souchere or are you Stephen Colbert? Uh, $5 a, a gallon is a huge, huge, huge problem. It, I, I know it. What I meant was... Uh, there'll be greater issues? Th- yes. Five what? is going to be the least of your problems. Well, th- there'll Because be that's people... heading to $10 a gallon. Well, there's people then that will not work because driving to work... Become too expensive. Right. Yeah. And there's no alternatives. Zero alternatives. You know, right, a 20-minute bi- 20, 20 trip in a, in a car, how, how long does that take you in a bicycle? You could just as well be riding horseback. How's that ledge working Then out? think of all the jobs that will disappear. <laughs> well, that's already happened. Yeah. See, so Kenny's... This is de- fun, isn't it? Oh. Kenny's declaration of doom a, a, a week ago tomorrow... It's more, it's, it's pretty more close. apt right now. Pretty pretty close. Pretty on the mark. You the got the declaration timing Declaration of doom. Part two tomorrow on the Krabby Coffee Shop? We have an expert coming in okay. um, that's going to teach us how to get ready. And the great thing about this is... This means zero show prep for the three of us. <laughs> okay, Rosie. Will he get mad at me if I just say, screw it, I'm just going to sit on the steps and drink a beer yeah. and wait for him to come well, and get right. me? We do have to sacrifice some of you. You know, yeah. some of you are going to have to die. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's you know? me. <laughs> uh, Tim notes we can ramp up oil production quickly if we want. How so? Well, after Trump was elected, U.S. oil production grew by 5% in 2017, an increase of 464,000 barrels a day. We import about 200,000 barrels a day from Russia, no longer. Oil production increased by 17% in 2018, 11% in 2019. It decreased by 8% in 2020 due to lower worldwide demand because of the pandemic. And then uh, Tim sent me a graph that showed uh, from the U.S. Energy Information Agency 
that showed uh, it graphed oil production in the U.S. since 1940. It peaked sharply during the Trump administration. Washington can have a dramatic effect on energy production if it wants to. Tim, I want you to be my new life coach. That's the best news we've heard all day, and and I'm going to choose to believe it. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm looking at this last page of today's business. United States, and and we already know this, the uh, world's largest oil producer ahead of Saudi Arabia and Russia, but it's also the biggest consumer. It can't meet that staggering demand uh, with domestic alone. We imported 245 million barrels of oil from Russia last year, about 8% of all U.S. imports, and an increase from 198 million barrels in 2020. Hmm. That's, in one final uh, sentence, that's less than the U.S. gets from Canada or Mexico, mm-hmm. but more than it gets from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, even though that's a couple of doom and gloom paragraphs, I think it's actually good news. Mm-hmm. Why don't we come back with Johnny Hay? Okay. <laughs> hey. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Haven't heard this one before, Reavers. Uh, so Chris, the owner of Aim High Construction, Amman.com, he recently answered a few questions uh, for me. I, I mean for you. Uh, yes, Aim High can add a three-car attached garage to your farmhouse. Yes, Aim High can also redo the floors in your foyer and your kitchen, either by refinishing the hardwood that you have under the linoleum or actually replacing that old hardwood with a new hardwood that you're reclaiming from elsewhere. Yeah, aim high. They can do that. And, yes, they can make that gross 70-era uh, exterior yellow ugh, siding. They can make that disappear and replace it with something new, uh, modern, and a lot more appealing visually. And you know what? They can also put an enclosed porch, a fancy new two-story open deck in that house, and it'll make it look like it was part of the initial design. Uh, they can do that for you and, oh, just by coincidence, they can do it for me. Uh, you know what? And if they're doing all that, they can also put in some new energy-efficient windows for you so you don't need to cover those windows with plastic every winter. You name it. If it's construction-related, they can do it from homes to commercial, remodels, whatever. Uh, they can do it. And all, all you have to do is get on the website, aimhighconstructionmn.com, pick up the phone, and then get on the schedule. I've used them before. I'm going to use them again. That's a threat and a promise. AimHighConstructionMN.com. Here's John Height. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, Kenny, you talked about the Russian uh, general. You were wondering about him. Yes. Uh, it's it's the prime, uh, let's see, his name is Sergei Shoigu, and he has never been a professional soldier, even though he dresses like one, if you've seen the video. Yeah. Uh, but he holds the rank of general in the army. He's officially the defense minister, but he's a general, and he's the guy. He worked to modernize the armed forces, and apparently uh, he got a lot of credit for the stuff that happened uh, in Syria and also in Crimea. So uh, he became uh, Putin's right-hand man, also has a large sway over the intelligence forces there, and uh, that's Putin's background. He, he worked, of course, intelligence, and so he's a good buddy. Putin's, and things aren't going well for him. They're not, and nobody's sure how that's going to fall out for him, if he's going to end up, you know, <laughs> disappearing. Well, let right. him rot in hell with the rest of them. Hell right, uh, but uh-huh. the reason we brought it up is to maybe uh, draw us further back. Is it further or farther away from the edge? Uh, um, 
it's good news that this guy is screwing up and is bad at his job. Mm -hmm. Something uh, one of uh, the four of us know a lot about. Mm -hmm. He's not uh, paying attention right now. He's probably not listening to us. The experts saying, by the way, that uh, he's unwilling to say no. Right to Putin, and right. that's what happened. Happened yep. here. Putin yep. said, "He, oh yes, yes, sir, go ahead, do that. That'll work fine." So. And him fun. and uh, another guy. It's funny. I'm looking at a BBC piece, uh, and we've all seen it. Putin sitting at the end, of, at that end of the long table, <laughs> yeah. and those two way down at the other <laughs> side. Uh, Is it ever sunny uh, there? Is it ever sunny in Ukraine? I don't know who's distancing who from who here, or is it whom from whom? Um, is it Putin staying away from them, or th- them staying away from Putin? You know Putin what I mean. Staying away from them. You said There's it the other the, day. Uh, it's I'm, harder to hit him at that length with a handgun. Yeah, but he's afraid of COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm sure you guys have seen the picture with the juxtaposition of of that shot, and then with uh, Zelensky and all his guys, and yeah. they're all about one foot from each other right. as they're trying right. to plot and plan. So, uh, in news, uh, let's go to one regional sports note first. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, it appears, will be sticking with the Green Bay Packers. How's this for a deal? Four years, two hundred million dollars, with one hundred and fifty-three million guaranteed. Go Pack, go! It's not bad. <laughs> That's a lot and, uh, of moolah. But he's worth it. it. He's good. I mean, I'm not a fan of him personally, but he is a very good quarterback. A, uh, one other sports note that really doesn't concern us, but I'll mention it anyway. Uh, it looks like Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos for a bunch of draft picks and Andrew Locke. So, there How old is he? Who? Russell Wilson? No. Oh, Rogers? 38. 38. Yeah. 38. Do they have a good backup? Go ahead, John. Jordan Love, he's unproven. I mean, they drafted him to take to be a successor, but he's unproven. He's at the age now, uh, Rogers, where he could fall down and break a hip. Yeah, yeah. Well, that happened last year when he got COVID. Jordan Love had to start, and they lost to Kansas City. Couldn't get any offense going. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. In news, teachers in Minneapolis are striking today, meaning classes are canceled at Minneapolis Public Schools until a contract between the union and the district is agreed to. This will be the first teacher strike in the city in 50 years. Monday night, the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers walked away from negotiations around 6 o'clock to say the strike will happen. Despite negotiating for weeks, including more than 65 hours last week, district and union leaders couldn't find common ground. Minneapolis School Administration issued a statement after the strike was announced saying it's disappointing, but that they both share the same priorities and commitments to their students and that they will continue to negotiate in hopes of keeping the strike as short as possible. Meanwhile, St. Paul Public Schools did reach a contract agreement with its teachers union Monday night, just minutes before the district planned to call off classes today. The district gave no details of the agreement, which was announced two and a half hours after the Minneapolis decision. The St. Paul Union said the agreement included class-sized language and caps, increased mental health supports, guaranteed recess time for students, one-time recognition payments, and increased compensation, especially for educational Assistance. So I watched a little bit of the, uh, the, the the teachers' federation, whatever it was, talking in front of the camera. And one of their big sticking points is what you just mentioned, John, that they want smaller class sizes. Isn't enrollment basically a third or two-thirds of what it used to be about, yeah. about three or four years ago? Yep. Okay. What do they want, six people in I, class? I, I don't know. That's what I <laughs> guess I'm wondering if that's one of their main points. Okay. 
Monday afternoon, Minneapolis City Council members decided to postpone action on a, a tentative agreement that would have given pay raises and $7,000 in payouts to Minneapolis police officers. The council's policy and government oversight committee was scheduled to talk about the agreement, but they decided to postpone that until its next meeting on March 22nd so the committee members would have some time to review it. The tentative agreement would give the police department officers a 2.5% raise retroactive to January 1st and another 1% raise on December 31st. The agreement would also include retroactive 1% raises for 2020, 1.5% for 2021. A new agreement, uh, agreement would be needed for next year. Former employee with the Chisago County Sheriff's Office who was sexually harassed, stalked, and threatened by longtime Sheriff Richard Duncan will be awarded more than $1.1 million in damages. The federal jury awarded Michelle Jacobson $565,000 for past and future mental anguish, another $550,000 in punitive damages against the former sheriff. Chisago County is responsible for the largest payment. Uh, this all wraps up a four-year scandal. We talked about this before. It involved a very bizarre scheme in which Duncan sent anonymous and threatening letters to coerce Jacobson into having sex with him. Oh. Duncan abruptly resigned after an internal investigation, later pleaded guilty to harassment and misconduct by a public official. After Jacobson filed a federal lawsuit against Duncan in the county, a judge found both liable and granted Jacobson's motion for summary judgment. The jury only had to decide how much money Jacobson should be awarded. The judge found Duncan's conduct atrocious and utterly intolerable after he admitted to sending a series of letters to Jacobson in 2017 under the alias Control Freak. The letters demanded that Jacobson and Duncan stay at a hotel room together during law enforcement training in Bemidji and threatened her family if she didn't comply. In a previous deposition, Duncan admitted he came up with the control freak scheme in order to manufacture a crisis that he could solve and be the hero. He testified. How did this creep think he could get away with this? It's yeah, so absurd. I, you it's think so ridiculous. Like a, a 12 year old thought it up. Exactly. Yeah. He testified he targeted Jacobson because her role at the sheriff's office required her to meet with him on a weekly basis. Racist instant, uh, incidents at Prior Lake High School, New Prague girls basketball and boys hockey games, and in the Minnetonka girls basketball program have all made headlines in recent weeks and months. Well, yesterday, the executive director of the Minnesota State High School League, Eric Martins, testified before the House Education Committee, promised his organization is addressing racism in all its forms. Two of the schools involved, New Prague and Prior Lake, will have teams in the league's highest-profile event, the Minnesota Boys State Hockey Tournament. Martins didn't give a lot of specifics about what's being done, but said the issue is being handled directly with the schools that are involved in the recent incidents and in a more broad way. Sun Country Airlines announcing four new routes, one of which offers a chance for Minnesotans to fly to Nevada. This morning, the airline announcing flyers can now travel from Minneapolis-St. Paul to Reno-Tahoe International starting September 1st. According to the airline, the service will be operated twice a week, specifically on Thursdays and Sundays. We'll have one-way fares as low as $69. Any chance that they could have Joe reunite and fly to Laughlin? I ain't going back to Laughlin. You loved Laughlin. I'm Come never on. going back there. <laughs> Sounds like a bad song. Never going back never, to Laughlin. Don't go back that's, to Laughlin. That's Glenn Campbell, right? Yeah, I think it was Glenn Campbell. Authorities arrested six teenagers, including a 14-year-old, in a shooting outside a school that killed a 15-year-old boy and seriously wounded two teenage girls yesterday in Des Moines. The suspects, all from Des Moines, are each charged with first-degree murder and two counts of attempted murder in the Monday afternoon shooting on the grounds of East High School near Des Moines' downtown. 
Police said gunshots fired outside the school came from several shooters from multiple vehicles. Those arrested range in age from 14 to 17. Police said in a Facebook post, the 15-year-old killed, who was not a student at the school, was the intended target of the drive-by shooting. The other two shot, females aged 16 and 18, were both, uh, who both attend the school, were simply bystanders caught in the shooting. Jesus. 16-year-old girl remains hospitalized in serious condition and the 18-year-old in critical condition. Police said they do not believe there's a continued threat to the public. No motive immediately known, according to authorities. The school went on lockdown after the shooting in the afternoon. Classes were canceled for the day. Gang-related? Gang-related? Seems, seems like it. Well, it then there's like definitely it. an ongoing threat to the public. Anywhere there's yeah. gangs, the public is definitely threatened. Ages from 14, huh? 14 to 17, yep. Hmm. President Joe Biden this morning announcing his administration is banning Russian oil, natural gas, and coal imports to the U.S. in response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Shortly after that, the United Kingdom made the same announcement. The U.S. will make the move unilaterally, uh, except for U.K., obviously, due to its disagreement among European nations about whether to ban the Russian energy imports. U.S. officials decided, given the extreme political pressure at home, they could move without the coalition and not create major issues. U.S. imports from Russia make up a small slice of American energy portfolio, about 8% in 2021, of which only about 3% was crude oil. Price for U.S. gasoline has hit a record high, tracking a surge in global energy markets. The spiraling cost of filling up a tank adds fresh pressure on American households already dealing with the quick, uh, quickest inflation in decades. The national average price for regular gasoline this morning hitting $4.17 a gallon. That surpasses the previous record of 4.11 reached in July of 2008. That according to AAA. The price 15% higher than a week earlier, 21% higher than a month earlier. The Automobile Association's figures showed. You could call me Sir Top It Off. Uh, I, I, and it used to be an, an insult. Remember the old insult, Such? Uh, he's never passed a gas station he doesn't like. Right. That's me now. <laughs> Every time I go buy one, I, even if it's just a couple gallons, I'm throwing some. Okay, in. I'm going to ask you a really dumb question. Go ahead. That's my job. Well, it's a math thing. <laughs> okay. Are you better off doing that? Than no. waiting until you have to fill it all. No. It works no. out the same in the it end, does. doesn't it? It does. All right, yeah. but but it's easy. I, I can trick myself into believing. You realize, you do realize what you just did. What you're gonna get seven million emails about how the first gallon of gas you get the best gas mileage. Really? Yep. Are you babbling? I about will it? bet you anything right now. You're gonna get inundated with emails about that. Well, that's not what else? I was. That's not what I was inquiring about. All right. Here's what I can tell you. After a half a tank, um, if your fuel pump is in your tank, it becomes exposed, and it warms up and heats up and will uh, uh, gradually blow up or quit working. So my mechanics, all of them in my life, have always told me, fill that POS up when it hits a half a tank, keep that fuel pump cold. I would think the fuel pump would be in the bottom of the tank. You would think so. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's very labor intensive to pull a fuel tank out of a truck. Go ahead, John. What are you worried well, about? Wouldn't, well, wouldn't it make sense to? It would depend on the price of gas, say, in a week. Because sure. if you're stopping all the time, and if it goes down in the week, then you're paying more. You anticipate gas prices? No, going I, down? I don't. But let's just do it. <laughs> okay. I paid three forty this weekend. 
Uh, if I fill up every day, it's 350, 360, 370, whereas it might be 330. Right. I'm anticipating week. it's going to keep rising right. until that makes sense, then. $15 right. a gallon when only Stephen Colbert can afford you, to buy gas. Such a pessimist, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Two more. Uh, you know, the state fair is coming, fellas, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Two more acts in the Grandstand Concert Series have been announced. Uh, this morning, they announced uh, legendary Motown artist Diana Ross will be performing. Honestly, God, I didn't know she was still alive. In a on walker? <laughs> what are they I, I, I'm not being cruel. I didn't know she was still alive. <laughs> they put her on a two-wheeler and wheel her out and prop her <laughs> She's got to be 80, right? <laughs> you think she? so? I mean, she has to be. I'll look her Anyway, up. Uh, Diana will be performing Saturday, September 3rd. She's, of course, synonymous with the Motown group The Supremes. Uh, received Oscar nominations, Lady Sings the Blues. She's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame. She is 77 years old. Okay. Really? I didn't know she was still performing, much less still alive. Uh, Also in the, uh, she's received multiple awards as Billboard's Female Entertainer of the Century, Soul Train Lifetime Achievement Award, American Music Award Lifetime Achievement Award. Also announced Jim Gaffigan, comedian. Uh, will be He's funny. Fair. I like Jim. He is funny. I've seen Jim, actually. I, I don't like him until you turn him on, and then I realize I just watched the whole thing, and I laugh yeah. my ass yeah. off. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. 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 He'll be what's, on, his, uh, what's his uh, cachet? He runs a very clean program. Yeah, I don't he, think does he, he does not he swear. He does not swear at all. Swear. Yeah, but yet he's just scorchingly funny. He has a bit about going with his wife's family to the movie theater. I was on the ground howling. It was so funny. Yeah. Basically, how bored he was. It was very, very funny. Joe, he was he was famous, and perhaps you ran across this somewhere for the hot pocket bit. Hot pocket. Yeah, I've heard of When's the last time you had a nice hot pocket I've never for lunch? Had a hot pocket. Oh, oh, you can't beat a good yeah. hot pocket. I could see you killing a couple of hot pockets in a big, giant, extra large Mountain Dew suit. <laughs> Ooh, yuck. <laughs> he, al- he also did the manatee bit, which is my favorite. That right? one's pretty What's good, that? too. What's that? It's a manatee sea cow. Okay, that's the punchline. Anyway, he's going to be there Tuesday. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to get tickets for that. I'll no, tell you. No, John's not doing Jim's it justice. Very he's Jim's very, very, very funny. Jim just talked me completely out of worrying about having to see him. No, he's very funny. He's, he, he's very funny. Yes, very good. What does the uh, that that place hold? I mean, will he sell fifteen thousand tickets? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I bet Diana will. Oh yeah, Diana. Will, will she really? Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who did I see there, John? Uh, Etta James. Uh, Etta James, B.B. King, and Al Green. Yeah, and they the had to prop concert. up Etta. She wasn't a spring chicken. She died not too I think long ago. So. Like yeah. I think the fair killed her. One too many corn dogs. 17,000 seats. 17, wow, okay, I didn't think it was that big. I saw her. Where the hell did I see her, John? Blues Fest? I don't know. Sure. saw her a couple of times. Uh, we're still not hearing a lot about this incident Sunday. An armed teenager arrested Sunday evening after allegedly driving through the security checkpoint at Joint Base Andrews in Maryland. That's, hmm. you know, that's the base they use for the president and vice president. Yeah. And, and in fact, Vice President Harris was transferring flights on the tarmac right about the time that car went through the uh, checkpoint. Hmm. About 9 p.m., a vehicle with two people inside drove through the security checkpoint, was stopped, 
when the 316th Security Forces Group deployed the barriers at the gate, according to a statement from Joint Base Andrews. Shortly after, a 17-year-old apprehended in possession of a gun. Units from the Prince George's County Police, Maryland State Police, and Metropolitan Police uh, swamped the base to search for the other person, but they never did find the other person. As security forces grappled with the armed person at the gate, the vice president had just arrived on the base at 8.47 p.m. She was coming back from a trip to Selma, Alabama, where she honored the 57th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, where civil rights demonstrators were beaten by state troopers. Joint Base Andrews is where the president and vice president's airplanes are based. As I said, after a long search, the second person was not found. Not hearing much about that, though, are you? No, it's uh, very disturbing. Shouldn't we know uh, the 17-year-old why he was there? He's I think so. Did you, told uh, did you know it was he found to be armed? Yeah, he was armed. Okay. The, the 17-year-old. Yeah. Was well, he just lost? Hopefully they hauled him off to some top-secret military base and they're waterboarding him. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> A former campaign staffer and the grandson-in-law. Grandson-in-law. Okay. That means married to your granddaughter, right? Grandson-in-law of U.S. Senator Rand Paul, uh, this fellow who received a presidential pardon from former President Trump, now has been charged with directing Russian money into oh the 2016 presidential election, according oh to the U.S. Department of Justice. Business Insider reports that Jesse Benton, Paul's former aide, conspired to illegally funnel thousands of dollars of foreign money from a Russian foreign national into the 2016 campaign. Uh, Benton also managed Senator Mitch McConnell's 2014 campaign. Benton got a $100,000 wire transfer from an unnamed Russian national in October of 2016, according to the indictment. He was allegedly promised he would get to, quote, meet a celebrity at a Philadelphia fundraiser. Uh, that... Uh, the celebrity not named, but apparently it was Donald Trump. The individual was present at the fundraiser, according to prosecutors. His travel to the U.S. allegedly made possible by a co-conspirator in the case, conservative author Roy Douglas Weed. Both men accused of passing off the donations as payments for consulting work. Benton reportedly kept 75 grand of the donation. The rest was given to the candidate. Uh, Benton had previously been convicted of campaign finance fraud relating to Rand Paul's presidential campaign in 2012. He was sentenced, but you may remember, uh, right before he left office, he was pardoned mm -hmm. by President Trump. Okay, was it from, a, like, say, an oligarch that also has U.S. residency? He's also a uh, he, resident of the United States. Is one of those yeah. deals? Or did it come yeah. right from Putin? I don't think he was a U.S. citizen. I just uh, I don't know that he lived here. I'm or... hung up on a point that really doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Is Rand Paul old enough to have a married granddaughter? Well, he's... You're right. That doesn't matter. 50. I have something that's more interesting. <laughs> um, this well, then. <laughs> Russian oligarch jet um, Twitter account? Yeah. He hasn't tweeted since Saturday. He's doing their really? boats now. He's doing their boats. He's I just read it boats. today. Yeah. But I was following a thread from uh, Saturday or Friday... And some of these jets he's chasing around that have been, like, going back and forth to New York and Utah, et cetera, it's for an oligarch that actually has a residency here. In the, He's a citizen. Uh, an emailer answered your hmm. question about why the uh, oligarch went to Utah. and the, What did the plane have it on? Utah Bank or something? Yeah. Well, correct. that's because it's a leased plane and the bank owns it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I discovered that, too. Uh, Rand Paul's 59 years old. Well, yeah, you're right. So, he, so that was a good question. Thank you. Well, I just I just found I that out because I didn't think he, he was old enough to have a married well, he, grandchild. He is well, from Kentucky. 
Wait a minute, you jackasses. <laughs> there are people my age that are already grandparents. Yeah, I you know people right. my age. Right, but the kid's start. seven. But, but the kid's not old enough to be married. Okay, John might have kid, answered the question. The grandkid? The yeah, grandkid or the kid? That's what John said, his grandson-in-law. Grandson-in-law. So married to his granddaughter. So Rand Paul has a granddaughter. Who's married. To this guy. At 59 well, years old. Well, if this guy, if Rand, this guy and this guy. <laughs> if Rand Paul had a daughter at the age of 20, let's just say, I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, that kid would be 39 now. That kid could have a 20-year-old Okay, John. Str- it's I stretching. think John okay. figured it out. Okay. It's stretching it's a, it a bit. It was a dilemma, but we got to the bottom of it. I'm sorry for bringing it up. Uh, uh, you know what? Play the screeching tires well, but again. but I thought it was relative God, to the fight. Uh, if I didn't have to... Uh, been married? Oh, if I didn't have to once. read an, another story... Is I'd Rand Paul out, the guy get, that got attacked by his neighbor? That's over, him, yeah. Over the yard uh, that's, fight? That's him. Yeah. My bad. Have you seen his wife? No. Rand Paul? Rand Paul or the granddaughter? Rand Paul's wife. Is she a babe? She a looker? Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, boys. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm going to read a hero story after all My that bad. talk. My bad. The Florida uh, maybe hot- I won't. I'm going to stick around uh, after further review. I'm going to hang it out here with Upon you. Upon further review, <laughs> the Florida Highway Patrol on Monday afternoon credited the actions of Trooper Tony Shuck for acting as the last line of defense, putting herself in harm's way to protect yeah. others during a collision near the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. 26-year veteran of the agency, Shook aimed her patrol car into the path of an oncoming car that had veered around barricades and was headed onto the Sunshine Skyway Bridge approach that happened to be packed with runners Ooh. on Sunday. Is that in Tampa, the Sunshine Bay Bridge? I think it's Tampa. Yes, it's right across the highway from uh, the Rays Stadium. I've driven on that before. Guy had a full head of steam, too. He was was, flying. It was a woman, actually. Uh, Shook was seriously injured. No, the woman stopped. It was a guy. The woman stopped a guy. The trooper was a woman. Kristen K. Watts of Sarasota was arrested on charges Uh of driving under the influence. You think Kristen's a guy? (laughs) Hold on. Let me just... uh... Yes. Let's all look at let's all look at Joe's box right Whoops. now. <laughs> Shook was seriously injured in the ensuing uh, collision and hospitalized Sunday. An FHP statement said the agency acknowledges and expresses our appreciation. Uh, as I said, 52-year-old Kristen K. Watts of Sarasota was arrested on charges of driving under the influence with serious injury, two counts of DUI with property damage, and two counts of reckless driving involving injury and property damage. She was also reported injured in the collision. At the time, there were nearly 7,000 people and scores of support staff on the Skyway for the Armed Forces Skyway 10K race. Uh, she was driving a 2011 BMW 335i, and uh, she was driving at an excessive rate of speed. Was so the trooper a female? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is she Two okay? Is she okay? She she has injuries, but she'll be right. fine. All right. She was, so, she, so, she was seriously injured, but she'll be fine. Right. If that so makes I'm sense. assuming were the runners coming at the crash then? Yeah. It, that's and why did I they all it. just run around it and keep going? That's good. Well, I don't know. I didn't I need those tires. Boy, again. this is a hell of a story. Yeah. <laughs> this morning on the scanner, uh, and I finally I found the uh, camera too. A trooper took a drunk guy off the road that was carrying paraphernalia and 
felony amounts of narcotics. Ooh, wow. Yep. Put him in the huh. back seat, hauled his ass to the uh, tank or the jail or something. The protests that rock Canada are over, but they have undermined Canadians' faith in their government and hurt the image of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, according to a new poll. You needed a poll for that, did you? (laughs) Approval among Canadians about the Trudeau-led Liberal Party is near a 12-month low as of last week, according to polling from the Ottawa-based Nanos Research. A separate Nanos poll gathered after Trudeau cleared a nearly month-long trucker-led demonstration that had choked the capital indicates almost half the Canadians say their impressions of the prime minister had worsened during the protest which called for the end of COVID-19 restrictions. Trudeau last week acknowledged Canadians' frustrations with the mandates but defended his government's record on COVID-19 policy, saying, quite frankly, it's worked. Now, more than 81% of Canada's population fully vaccinated, according to the University of Oxford's Our World in Data. That's the highest percentage among group of seven countries. The same data suggests Canada has one of the lowest per capita death rates from COVID-19 in the developed world. In Manhattan, Kansas, shortly before 3.30 in the afternoon Saturday, fire crews called out to a fire near the 6400 block of North 52nd Street in Riley County. Uh, I think you'll like this one, Kenny, the the end of it anyway. Due to high winds, the fire spread quickly, burning for more than 40 acres. Uh, Thankfully, no buildings were burned, but the only reason I pulled this story is my kicker. Riley County Deputy Fire Chief John Martin said the fire was started by someone using a homemade potato launching gun. Oh, no. (laughs) Those things are so cool. Yeah. That's when they they burn down half the county. They have a lot of force, too. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, John. Wait a second. One hour ago from Burnsville Police, uh, we are responding to a report of a weapon at the high school. No injuries have been reported. Officers on the scene, please stay away from the area. And then uh, one minute ago, police continue to be on the scene at Burnsville High School. Search is ongoing. No reports of injury. Uh, They're coordinating with other law enforcement, state patrol, blah, blah, blah. Parents Hmm. should seek info on student updates from school district websites. So... Something was called in uh, to Burnsville, and so far they haven't found anything. Fine. Thank you. This just is. <laughs> Here's a man that lost his liner page. <laughs> Joe Suchere. Only because they come to us all the way. From where? Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Linemans. It was on this day. March 8th. 1858. Douglas County was formed. Its name honors Stephen A. Douglas of Illinois, who advocated for Minnesota's statehood. Hmm. And on this date. Independent, or Women's Independence Day. In 1892, a snowstorm covers Duluth on this day and the next. Many people had to exit their houses through second-story windows. Wow. It's a lot of snow, isn't it, This Chris? isn't the one that you've always referenced where the kids died walking home from school. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. On this day. March 8. In 1920, the U.S. Supreme Court settled a boundary squabble between Minnesota and Wisconsin over control of the Duluth Harbor, finding in Minnesota's favor. Woo-hoo! Minnesota. So there you have it. There you have it. Yay us. Thank you, GLers. Mm-hmm. Do us a favor, GLers, and hit that subscribe button. Oh, I did have them right here. On the Garage Logic Truth, page. Justice, <laughs> and the Souchere. Got yeah. to it.
Better late than never, huh? Right. Also, do us a favor and uh, hit up our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit the Garage Logic online shop at garagelogic.com. Don't, don't follow me on Twitter. Seriously, don't do it. Right. Don't follow at MSP underscore traffic. I'm sick of you people. Don't do it. Okay. Hell of a promotion, you. Ken. Appreciate that. <laughs> It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again, and GLers, now is absolutely the time to pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Josh directly, and you're also going to get straight talk, and you're never going to get sugar-coated Advice. And Josh is with us once again. And Josh, what do you think is the biggest concern relating to the market right now? Now that we had the biggest sell-off since October of 2020. Very good question, Chris. First concern should be obvious. What is the impact of the Russian-Ukraine war on world economy, particularly given where commodities come from in the world, and particularly metals that are needed for the next advances? in battery technology and also for uses in manufacturing and in semiconductors. And they come from parts of the world that are under dictatorships and not nice places. So prices of commodities, whether it be food commodities, whether it be energy commodities or metals like nickel and palladium, and to some extent copper, have been moving up during this period of time. That has created a concern for further manufacturing increases, which will be part of a leading edge of inflation. And that becomes one concern, and to me, a bigger concern, though we're in a quiet period for the Federal Reserve prior to their meeting next week. And that is, what is the Fed going to do with interest rates and how the Fed's move up in interest rate is going to impact the economy? And will that create not just a slowing economic growth, because we've had pretty good economic growth, though slowing economic growth, but it's still been pretty good in the United States for over a year. The concern becomes not just a potential for a recession should commodity prices move too high and people stop buying, but also if the Fed goes too far in trying to combat inflation, that they tip the economy into a recession or push the economy into a period of stagflation. So rising prices, but zero economic growth. So that has been a big concern of the market. And we have seen stocks hit down even more than they had been since a peak Thanksgiving past. You know, I have been talking for many months about these normal market corrections that typically over a given year, we typically have three to four market pullbacks of five to 10%. This particular pullback, depending on what time period you're talking about for the Dow or the S&P has now exceeded that 10% move. And we've actually taken a longer period of time for that market pullback if you count from the peak back at Thanksgiving time or if you count from the beginning beginning of the year. 
Certain types of companies have held up very well, especially my largest position, my client's largest position, Apple, even though it is down a lot from its high, it still held up relative to the market very well. Apple, by the way, has a big event today to introduce some new products, including a lower price iPhone, you know, to go after, you know, a different price point. That said, to me, larger concern other than rising commodity costs is still what the Fed is going to do with interest rates. I hope the Fed maintains a very cautious stance going forward and does not panic, you know, in the given the current current situation of sky-high oil prices. I just want to add one thing. The current administration's move to oil is not the best strategy at all, but we've talked about that before. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time to pick up that phone and make that call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thank you. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.